The Holy Gospel for this reign of Christ Sunday comes from the passion story of Jesus and his trial before Pilate, which is recorded in St. John's Gospel in chapter 18, beginning with the 33rd verse. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Judeans. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? The Gospel of the Lord. In last week's Gospel story, we heard what one of Jesus' disciples said when he saw the massive stones and buildings of the temple in Jerusalem. He said, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. As I sought to understand what he meant by that, I explored the possibility that the disciple said these words with a tone of stark realism, along with a sinking feeling that the movement that Jesus began would never stand a chance against the powers that put those stones and buildings in place. That seems very plausible. You do feel very small when you stand beside a wall of stones that are each 40 feet long and gaze at the mammoth structures rising above them. And then, when we continued reading the story of Jesus' confrontation with the powers behind those stones and buildings, as it's recorded in the Gospel, it begins to look as though that disciple was right, was justified in whatever fear he may have had. Heavily armed soldiers came to the garden where Jesus and his disciples were praying, and Jesus was taken by force and brought before the most powerful religious leaders of his time. Their goal was to have him executed, but that went beyond their authority in a land that had been occupied by even more powerful political leaders. So they brought Jesus to the Roman governor, the most powerful ruler in Judea, in hopes that he would condemn Jesus to death. And that's where we rejoin the story in today's gospel reading. When I think of Jesus, a peasant from a small rural town in an occupied land, standing before Pontius Pilate, a man who wields the power of a vast empire that has conquered nations at will, it is hard to fathom what Jesus was standing up against. In more modern images that come to mind, I think of that iconic photo taken in Tiananmen Square in China of a lone protester standing before a line of advancing tanks on June 5th in 1989. When I look at that photo, I think of Jesus standing before Pilate 
and before the military power of an empire. And it makes me marvel even more at his composure. In the conversation between Jesus and Pilate that St. John recounts for us, Jesus does not seem to be intimidated at all. In fact, he even seems more assured and confident than Pilate. But how can that be? The only answer that makes sense to me is that Jesus knew that there was a power within him that was greater than the power wielded by Pilate and his Roman legions, and even by the emperor above them who deemed himself to be a god. But clearly it was a different kind of power. And we get a glimpse of that when Jesus says, if my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Judeans. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Imagine standing before Pilate as a peasant and saying, my kingdom. It's truly remarkable. And Jesus does it with the deep assuredness that what he is saying is true. In fact, he says, I was born to testify to this truth. It's why I came into the world. Which makes me ask with Pilate, what is truth? In John's entire gospel narrative, that question is answered over and over again. And it is summed up in the prayer of a modern day prophet who stood up against the empire of apartheid rule in South Africa. In his African prayer book, Desmond Tutu writes, goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. That's the truth. The truth that John of Patmos also shared with the followers of Jesus who were still living under Roman occupation at least 60 years after Jesus told Pilate that his kingdom was not from this world. In the book of Revelation, which is really a letter of hope to them, John assures these early Christians that Jesus' kingdom is here to stay. If they questioned it, I do not blame them at all. And I don't blame anyone today who wonders if the kingdom of goodness and love and light and life is really more powerful than evil and hate and darkness and death. Following a terrorist attack recently, a person of faith wrote, in the face of senseless violence, imagining the absence of terror seems hopeless. God's kingdom looks so very far off on these kinds of days, she says, in these kinds of moments, in this kind of world. She goes on to say that working for God's kingdom feels like a rather futile determination. It's not just an uphill battle. It's unfeasible, she says, even ridiculous to think that our efforts and energies can turn a world around into the world God sees that it can be. But then a window opens for her as she writes, and she says, 
across my Twitter feed today was this quote, changing the world begins with a small group of people who simply refuse to accept the unacceptable. It's hard beyond that to believe that we can stand up against the unacceptable, she says, but we have to believe it. We just have to believe it. In the end, that is the same window that opens our eyes to see where Jesus' kingdom is found today. Because, as John says in that passage we heard from Revelation, the one who freed us and loved us made us to be a kingdom. So it isn't swords and tanks, not large stones and buildings, not political or religious establishments, but flesh and blood people who make up the kingdom that Jesus claims before Pilate. People who are born with the love longings of God at the deepest part of who we are with all humanity. People who are set free from fear to be the goodness of Christ, the love of Christ, and the light of Christ in every time and place. Reflecting on his own efforts to establish a kingdom from this world, Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte wrote, Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creations of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire on love, Napoleon says. And at this hour, millions of people would die for him. Amid all the tumult of our world today, all the uncertainties that we face, all the struggles that we endure, and all of the setbacks that, that shake our faith, I want to hold on to this truth, recognized by even Napoleon, that Jesus Christ has founded an empire of love that is more powerful than every other force on earth. And I want to rejoice and give thanks in every instance when that power is revealed, because it fills my heart with hope for what is still to come and with trust in the promise that love will ultimately transform this whole world into the one that God sees it can be. It was in this week of November, nine years ago, that we hosted a party in our home to celebrate the passage of marriage equality in Washington State. Yes, there is still a long way to go on that journey toward justice and wholeness. And yes, there is still the need every day to stand up against the unacceptable. But I will never forget the tears of joy that night and the grateful hearts of people who had waited far too long for that moment in time. It's the kind of joy and gratitude that I want for every one of you today. Not because everything that God wills for you is finished, not because all pain is erased. Simply put, it's the joy and the gratitude which comes when we see even a glimpse of God's reign of love coming to us and to our neighbors. 
And when we feel even some small part of that incredible power of love within us so that we can be God's love for the world. Above all, it is the joy and gratitude that comes when we say with Jesus, for this I was born and for this I came into the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.